The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. So I'm going to start with a story. A uh, former student, now friend of mine, uh, in his 40s, took on a small rural church in Colorado. Uh, in doing so, he's a bivocational pastor, and um, his name's Paul, Pastor Paul. And the church uh, started out, it was a very, very small church, and he took on this challenge. Uh, it was a very small church, of mostly made up of very traditionally-minded people. Uh, but in recent years, uh, as he shared Jesus in the community, a lot of 20 to 40-somethings came to know the Lord, and the church actually grew a little bit. Still a small church of around 40 people. Um, so quite a few, uh, obviously they know each other pretty well, they live life together. But he shared with me that a problem developed. There was polarization in his church, division surrounding the issue of marijuana. And so uh, in cre this cre created something of division between the one group of people and the other group, uh, the traditionally minded people and the group that had recently come to know the Lord. And so Pastor Paul called <clears throat> a congregational meeting and um, wouldn't you know it, as they came into the little church sanctuary there, the, uh, we'll call them the smokers sat on one side and the non-smokers sat on the other side. He goes, oh boy, you know, here we go. So after prayer, um, if you don't mind looking over here, <clears throat> excuse me, you're the smokers, okay? <laughs> but looks over here and it says, uh, to the smokers, he says, yes, look, I get it. I know that marijuana is legal in Colorado. I get that. And he says, and yes, a number of you have shared with me the research around the benefits and medical benefits and safety. I get that. And he said, and, and yes, you've assured me that you're not misusing it, you're not abusing it. I get all that. And I realize your partaking is not sin and of itself. But even though you say that I have a right to smoke marijuana, uh, you don't have a right to cause division in the church. If you remember the, the word spoken, um, I have a right, but not everything is beneficial and constructive when it comes to matters of the kingdom of God. What happens when the exercise of your right is causing division? And what happens if your exercise of your right is actually causing another brother or sister to stumble? Are you just seeking uh, your own good, or are you seeking the good of others? Well, get this, all of a sudden, Pastor Paul, he realizes something is going on over here. What he hears over here is he hears some snickering and some guffawing, like, ha, yeah, you tell him, Pastor Paul, you know, go get him, right? Amen, brother. And so Pastor Paul stops and he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, you non-smokers, hang on a second, hang on. He says, I understand that you all have been gossiping and saying very derogatory marks, remarks towards our brothers and sisters. You've been judging them with a very condemning kind of spirit. And don't you realize that, as the psalmist says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything that God created is good, inherently good. Marijuana inherently is not an evil in and of itself. Our brothers and sisters are not misusing it or abusing it, and you're condemning them. And so, what do you think all of a sudden happens? 
Pastor Paul, all of a sudden on this side, what does he hear? He looks over and it's like these guys are snickering and they're chuckling and they're kind of going, yeah, right back at you, right back at you. Go get him, Pastor Paul. Amen. Right? And so Paul just stops and he says, both of you, stop. You know, what do I have in my hands here? A bunch of immature junior hires? Worse than that, you all are acting like not followers of Jesus. You're acting as if you're kind of like, I don't know, like a, a regular human being, a non-Christian who has not been bought with a price. You're acting not like people of the Spirit. We're new creations. Why aren't we acting that way? I'd like to tell you that I know the end, the results of this story, but I, I don't because I just made up that story. <laughs> And for those of you who get it, you kind of caught that this is coming right from Corinthians, 1 Corinthians and Romans, you'd catch that pretty much the story that I just told you is true to life. It's true to life. So the first thing I want to share with you today comes right out of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And where Paul is dealing with the divisions and the factions within the Corinthian body. And remember, brothers and sisters, remember, this is not a mega church. These are churches just like what I described. Small groups of people, 40s, they know each other. They're living life together. They are these small outposts in the midst of a pagan empire. And Paul is, Pastor Paul, is seeking for them to get along in a way that they're seeking peace and well-being. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he states this, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Now, if you have an ESV or another translation, um, pretty much the word spiritual is regularly used. And... The NIV actually does a really good job and helpful job in translating this for us. Um, if uh, you don't believe me, you can look at the work of New Testament scholar Gordon Fee, who uh, did an incredibly uh, powerful and big, big book, enormous book called um, The Empowered Presence, or Empowering Presence of God, where he went through the Pauline epistles and established that every time Paul uses the word spiritual, it means that which pertains to the Holy Spirit. So constantly read that, and the NIV really does a good job, and that's why I'm reading out of the NIV today. So I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? Isn't that an interesting line? Mere human beings. So we have to think about what Paul means by that. So the first thing to be said is this. When Paul uses the language of spiritual or worldly, he's using adjectives, you Greek students, okay? Pneumaticos or sarkikos. He's using adjectives. What do adjectives do? They describe things, right? So what Paul is saying is this, 
if you look at, you can jump back, those of you who are in the text, how does Paul describe the Corinthian believers? Chapter 1, verse 2, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. These are believers. And so what he's doing by using these terms is he's describing them as either you are either spirit kind of people or you are worldly people. You're in the flesh. That's another uh, sarcocos, um, literally meaning flesh. You're either going to be this way or that way. And he's saying, do you catch this? We are spirit people. We are spirit people. And so when you think of that, we are Holy Spirit people. So the language he's using is descriptive about believers. That's a key thing. A quote, the life which flows from Christ into us is something totally different from anything experienced on the merely natural plane. So think about Paul's language in 2 Corinthians 5.17 when he says, if anyone is in Christ, we're new creations. And so when you think about this kind of um, way of being, we're new creations, then what we're dealing with when we talk about the issue of sanctification or growth in spiritual transformation or uh, life is we have to become who we truly are. Paul is saying, this is who you truly are. You are spirit people, so become who you are. Stop this other nonsense. You're acting like what? Mere human beings. So he has to find some kind of language to say, you're now on a different plane. You're Jesus followers. So when you look at 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 16, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the entire passage, but I'm going to skip around a little bit. When Paul started out by saying, uh, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And what's next? What we received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Jump down to verse um, 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Think about that. How seriously do we take the issue that we have the mind of Christ? Dr. Williams, in his convocation message, talked from Philippians 2, and he talked in terms of, have this mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And so really what Paul is saying is, because he wrote Philippians as well, he's saying, we have the mind of Christ, that's who we truly are, but now we have to become who we are, and so we have to take on the mind of Christ, and we have to study as disciples of Jesus, we have to study and follow his life. Listen to this quote. Dallas Willard, the substance of Paul's teaching about salvation is drained off when we fail to take literally his words about our union and identification with Christ. Without this, his writings can be made into a Roman's road of doctrinal ascent, ascents, by which we supposedly gain God's approval merely for believing what every demon believes to be true about Jesus and his work powerful statement. 
It can be drained off if we fail to take literally his words about our union and identification with Christ. Without this, his writings can be made into a Roman's road of just merely assent to the doctrines, to the teachings, believing without truly giving ourselves over, believing what every demon believes to be true about Jesus and his work. Everything that Paul associates with salvation, joy, peace, power, progress, moral victory, is gathered up in the one word he uses so constantly, life. Only those who through Christ have entered into a vital relationship to God are really alive. That's what it means by new creation. Yes, mere humans are alive, but there's something on a different plane. What Paul saw with piercing clearness was that this was nothing else than the life of Christ himself. He shared his very being with us. We are spirit people. Spiritual transformation in the Christian life is much about becoming who we truly are. Second thing to say is this, we are siblings. We're siblings. First Corinthians, I'm just going to read this quickly because you'll see this, and this can be established throughout the epistles. First Corinthians 1, verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another. Verse 11, my brothers and sisters, verse 26, brothers and sisters, chapter 2, verse 1, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, 3-1, brothers and sisters, 4-6, now brothers and sisters. Paul's appeal to the Corinthians, and if you look at the Romans as well, book, uh, book of Romans, letter of the Romans, it's to be unified based on our primary identity as being in Christ, Holy Spirit people. And therefore, we're all in the same family. Look throughout the New Testament letters, you'll see that all over the place, being within the same family of God. And a well-known central passage in the letter to the Galatians. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith, brothers and sisters. For all of you were baptized into Christ. All of you have clothed yourselves with Christ. So there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now the thing here is this. Paul fully recognizes there are socioeconomic, gender, racial, ethnic realities. He absolutely is aware of that. Look throughout his New Testament letters, and in dealing with the churches, there's no question, there's no question that he's recognizing and are very aware of those categories. So Paul is not doing away with those categories, he's not ignoring those categories, but he's saying our most central identity now as followers of Jesus is union with Christ, in Christ. And so, I'm a middle class, more than middle age, white, American, of Russian-Ukrainian descent, that's who I am. That's who I am in this body. I'm not a disembodied spirit. I've, I've been shaped by who I am and, and my, my context, my circumstances. And we do an injustice to our brothers and sisters if we ignore their humanity. 
who we are and how we've been shaped. That's who we are. Again, we're humans, but we're not just mere humans. So who we are and how we've been shaped is part of who we are in Christ. So I thought of these words. Here's what we're called to. We're called to recognize, acknowledge, appreciate, honor, respect, and understand our diversity as brothers and sisters. Isn't it something when there's a genuine spirit between us where we say, I see you, I really see you, and I hear you, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm open. I'm aware that we're going to have differences and disagreements over many issues as brothers and sisters. I have two brothers. They are kin, they are blood, and we certainly had our differences and we argued, but we stuck together because we're brothers, we're family. I'm not doing away with the complexity of the issues that we're facing. And the issues we're facing, if you think about what 2020 has brought, um, the different opinions, perspectives around COVID, conspiracy theories, or QAnon, or whatever it might be, uh, different perspectives, the, uh, the weaponization, the politicization, all these things. We think about the issues around race and civil unrest, the police and politics. Oh my goodness, you all know that um, Ruth Ginsburg passed away uh, a few days ago. That's just gonna ramp things up even more in this election season. Uh, if it hasn't been ugly, it's gonna get uglier. It's already been ugly. Is it possible to go beyond civil conversation that even non-Christians can have to Christ-centered conversation? Can we do that in the complexity of all of this? The majority of you were not here in 2016 when um, the last election, but there was real polarization on campus that happened uh, in that election year. And things weren't always pretty. Um, I think the, uh, the rock by the Mac kind of took a beating with everything that was either put on there and wiped off and put on there again and wiped off. And um, if that was the least of our worries, that'd be something. Dr. Williams actually even uh, paused his chapel messages, the theme, to have to address that. Like my imaginary Pastor Paul in Colorado and Pastor Paul in the Corinthian church and the Roman church, we really don't know the results of what happened after Paul delivered that message. But we have an opportunity to create our own story here at Cairn. I don't want us to downplay the complexity of the challenges before us, but it just seems to me that a starting point is that as followers of Jesus, our primary identity is in Christ, which means we are spirit people and we are siblings. Let's pray. Jesus, you are present, and um, we know, we believe this is who we truly are. Just would you help us in working out our salvation with fear and trembling because of your good work in us? Would you empower us by your spirit? 
Lord, would you show us what it means to be spirit people just in the everyday circumstances um, of life here at Cairn in our context? And would you help us, Lord, in genuinely being siblings to one another? May we be open to one another so that we hear each other's stories, that we understand that we really truly see each other. And oh Lord, we know the complexity. We know the complexity. Please guide us and help us. Give us wisdom. Give us strength as, as we take on these challenges for the sake of your kingdom. And we pray in your name. Amen.